Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is podcast number 68. We're talking all week about death, dying, and resurrection. And today, I want to read an extended passage of Scripture in 2 Corinthians, beginning with chapter 4. I want to pick up in chapter 4. We're going to eventually get to 5, but the reason I want to back up to 4 is because, as you know, the words of God are inspired. The very words of the Bible, every word, every letter is inspired, but the chapter and verse divisions are not. It was in the 1200s, the 13th century, that the chapter divisions were put in. It was 300 years later in the 1500s, in the 16th century, that we have the verse divisions uh, finally inserted, and I'm so grateful to God that they were put in. But when you put in chapter and verse divisions into a letter, sometimes you don't get the full sense that it is a letter. And the paragraphs sometimes are not easy to see and not easy to be defined. And so I'm going to back up to chapter 4 and verse 7, where the Apostle Paul has been talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the gospel is very clear as to what it is. It is the substitutionary death of Jesus. The gospel is what was delivered by the Apostle Paul to everyone he met and everyone he talked to, everyone he preached to, that Jesus died for our sins. Not that Jesus died and was buried and rose again. No, that's not the gospel. The gospel is that Jesus died for our sins. That's a very important point that has to be placed in the gospel presentation because Jesus dying doesn't matter if it's not for our sins, but in reality, it is as a substitutionary atonement. So the gospel, the apostle Paul says, we have in earthen vessels, that is, we have these clay pots that we are, and many of us are broken clay pots. Some people have said to me in the past, well, pastor, your feet are clay just like ours. I say, oh, you're mistaken. My feet are not clay. My whole body's clay. I am clay. I am an earthen vessel that's been broken over and over and over again. So you're looking at a clay pot, sometimes a cracked pot, sometimes a broken pot. And the Bible says that all of this is in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. And then he goes on to talk about how he's crushed. We're hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying about in the body, the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be made plain or manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus sake, that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our mortal body. So then death is working in us, but life in you. Now, that doesn't sound like the health and wealth prosperity. Everybody's well all the time and everybody's good all the time and everybody is on top of the world all the time that we hear preached today. Verse 13, I move on quickly. 
But since we have the same spirit of faith, according to as it is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. And then he has in verse 16 another therefore. Therefore we do not lose heart. We don't faint. We don't pass out every time that trouble comes. Even though our outward body is perishing, yet our inward man is being renewed day by day. You see, the body is getting old. It's decaying. It's being crushed. It is infirmed. It is diseased. It's sin cursed. But one day, God's going to give us a new body. But on this earth, we're going to get sick. Even if God heals you and God heals me, all healing in this life is temporary. Because unless the Lord comes and we are raptured away, we're snatched away, then we're going to get sick again and die. Or we're going to be killed in some kind of mishap. The fact is that these bodies get old and it doesn't matter how much faith that you have or I have. We're going to get sick and die someday. And you can put it off and put it off by some means, but then it's appointed unto men once to die. And so he says, for the light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far exceeding an eternal weight of glory. Now he's beginning to contrast the hardships that are in this life that are expected for the child of God. And comparing that with the eternal weight of glory that awaits us in the presence of Jesus in our new body, glorified, he says, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. And then he begins to contrast this for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And the next phrase has a chapter heading, but it probably shouldn't. He says, for we know that in this earthly house, this tent, that's a temporary lodging facility. If it is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, and it's eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, for in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation, our house, which is from heaven. Paul said, look, I've been carrying around this body for a long time. It's diseased. It's racked with pain. I believe Paul had some kind of horrible malady and affliction with his eyes, and I'll talk about that another time. But I do believe that, and I believe he was always walking about blindly, and he was in pain, and you can read about uh, all of his excursions with pain and how he prayed for God to help him. He was pressed, he was beaten, he was left for dead after being stoned. And so he said, if indeed having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. You see, we're not going to be just soul and spirit, ethereal somewhere in the heavens. We're going to have a body, a body that can be recognized, a body that can be seen, just like the body that Jesus had. For we who are in this tent groan, and if you're getting older, you can identify with that and say amen, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, not because we want to die and, and be naked without a body, but further clothed that mortality may be swallowed up by life, by immortality. 
Now, he who has prepared for us this very thing is God. In other words, God's the author of all of this, this new body that we're going to have, this glorified body, who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee, as a down payment. Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in this body, we are absent from the Lord. Why? Because we can't go to heaven like this in these bodies. For we walk now by faith and not by sight. We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Therefore, we make it our aim, whether we are present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. And then he talks about why we do that, and that is that we'll stand before the Bema of Christ. And you can go back and listen to podcasts about that. I've already spoken about verses 9 and 10 in previous podcasts. But what I want to center in on is these concepts of being absent from the body and being at home and being present with the Lord. People often say to me, what happens? What is the process? And when a person dies, when my husband died, when my wife died, when my child died, when my mom or dad died, they loved Jesus with all their heart. What is it that took place in their life? Where did they go? Did they go to Hallelujah Square like the gospel song says? Did they immediately go to the pearly gate and meet God and he said, welcome in? And, and like the Southern Gospel songs that we sing about, is it the streets of gold that we immediately go to? Well, not exactly. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible is very clear about what happens to a believer the moment they pass from this life to the next. But I want to say to you, death is not a ceasing to exist whether you're lost or saved, God made us immortal beings. And from the time we're born, we will live or die forever somewhere. And by death, I'm talking about separation. We're either going to be living, that is, in the presence of Jesus, because that is life, to live in his presence, whether we're living here or living there. The more we are aware of his presence, the more life and power and a sense of God's awareness in our lives are is present. Or if we die separated then and spiritually dead, spiritually separated, then we'll be eternally separated. And that means we will never know the life of God again. But we will live eternity dying, being separated with a death of torment and of separation for all eternity with no end. It's a horrible uh, prospect, but we're not dealing with that right now. We're dealing with what happens to a believer when they die, and the moment their eyes close in death, they awake instantaneously. Not one nanosecond do we cease to exist, but we awake in a special place that God's prepared for us. And the next time that we meet together in these podcasts, I want to talk to you about where Jesus said we're going while we're walking on the way. This is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.